Well, good morning. Great to have you guys here. And uh, we are in a series called Family Matters. Family Matters. And so we're walking through uh, how to build a family of God. All right. And so why don't we just throw the slide up right away. And uh, so as we talk through this, we've got the foundational core, the men of God and the women of God. And we talked about that several weeks ago. If you weren't here for any of these, definitely get after this. It helps build together a foundational structure from bottom up of how to go after a family of God. And so men of God on fire, women of God on fire, individually in your walk with Christ. And then on top of that, last week, we built a marriage of God. We talked about what that looks like for husbands to love your wives, even as Christ loved the church, to go after her, to long for her and care for her the way Christ cares for you. And, uh, and then wives to respect your husbands. And that combination brings such a powerful marriage moment. If you weren't there for that, check that as well. This week, we're looking at parenting of God, yet another brick and another level up. Uh, trust me, if you've tried to parent with a wobbly marriage or a wobbly individual underneath the marriage, you'll know how hard parenting can be at times. And, and so what we're going to look at today is how to do the parenting of God. It's going to call us to each of the pieces we've looked at before, uh, but then also calling us to some strong work together. All right. So parenting, how do we do that? Right. All right. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter six, verse one, and we're going to get to get, get going on this. We got ushers coming forward and uh, they've got Bibles in their hands. So if you need a Bible, just raise your hand and they will get one to you. All right. Just raise your hand and they'll get one to you. Ephesians six, we're going to go verses one through four here. And uh, so let me just start by saying the first point is two children. Uh, that's where Paul started. That's where we're going to start. And so kids, listen up. If you're junior high, if you're high school, if you're college, if you're young adult, uh, this is for you. Children. Uh, it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. All right. So the first point is children, obey and honor your parents. Children, obey and honor your parents. Let's just start it right at the beginning. It says children. And so this word is speaking uh, to those who are underneath the care of their parents. All right. Literally, it's a word that speaks both to the young and to the little bit older. It has less to do with age. But they used this word to be spoken of uh, someone who was underneath mom and dad's care, basically in their house and under their watch. And uh, now in their culture, you went from there to married. All right. And in our culture, we have this thing in between called uh, adolescence and young adulthood and college. And, and some of it gets mixed up together. All right. But I will tell you, it includes if you're underneath mom and dad's watch. And uh, so if you're in their home, uh, well, then you're with them and it's children. You're like, hang on, dude. I'm like 30 years old and I'm at home. Move out. All right. I say that somewhat jokingly. Look, you can have a great relationship with parents and be working together and, and there's nothing unbiblical about having a partnership together, but make sure it's a partnership. Don't suck off a mom and dad. All right. Enough said there. Thank you. I'll uh, take pay afterwards. Mom and dad on that one. <laughs> Children, obey your parents. Obey. Uh, this word means to uh, do what you're asked to do. Kind of the obvious. Do what you're asked to do. Uh, I got to tell you, obey um, has more parts though than just the action. 
And all too often we just think of it as the action. And so obedience, I just wrote this down. It includes the action you're asked to do, all of it, not part of it. You know, the, hey, why don't you go clean your room? And then you're back in like five minutes and you're like, I'm done. And they're like, you didn't clean it. And you're like, I made the bed. And uh, all of it, all of what you're asked to do. So the action, the whole of it. Second is in the timing that you're asked to. Uh, could you please go clean your room? Yeah, I will later. Not obedience. No matter when it's done, not obedience. It includes the action. It includes the timing. When you're asked to do it, get it done. All right. And it includes the attitude. Uh, a heart that says, I'm in on this. Uh, we're a partner in this and we're going to get this done. And, uh, so let me just say, parents, be careful. If you're the kind of parent that can see a million things that need to be done. And every time you walk in the room, you have a command, uh, be cautious on that. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. So kids don't sweat it. We got it covered here a little bit, but hear me. Obedience is what God asks you to do the whole action when you're asked to do it with a godly loving attitude towards it that's obedience children obey your parents and uh, let me just say it this way Uh, their roof their rules that's the way it goes when you're living with parents it's they're in charge and i'm not sure that's fair and listen to this romans 13 1 let every person be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from god And those that exist have been instituted by God, both governmental authorities and parent authorities. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. Wow. And uh, so to disobey mom and dad is to say, I'm disobeying you, God. That's what it says. And so kids, I need all kids looking up here now. If you're junior high, if you're high school, if you're college, like looking up here, if you're underneath mom and dad's roof, Uh, Hear me, mom and dad need you to be obeying means doing what they ask, doing it when they ask it, doing it with a great attitude along the way, seeing that you're partnering together to get it done. Your job is obedience and uh, don't worry, they've got some jobs too and we're going to get to those in just a second, all right? But make sure you're doing your part, make sure you're doing your part. And hearing what God has to say. Notice it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Why is it right? Well, we just read it in Romans 13. Because God's placed your parents in charge. And he's giving them the authority of making sure things get done well. And it's right to pay attention. It's good. It reflects God's character and it reflects God's authority in that home. Obedience. It's an awesome call. Notice it says then, Uh, honor your father and mother honor this is almost like an umbrella over the top and obedience is a part of honoring but honor is bigger than that all right honor your father and mother Uh, this means to show great respect for them and understanding what they're called to have and do this word applies even when you're outside the home all right honor your father and mother and uh, i've moved on and i'm married and and uh, my parents are in their later years and Honor your father and mother. There is no time stamp on this one. This one goes for life. And uh, But let's be careful. Um, it does say in Ephesians chapter 5, right before it, it says, Husbands, leave your father and mother and cling 
to your wife, right? And, and so the two are becoming one. And we've talked about this last week, this leave and cleave plan, the unity that has to be there between husband and wife. And so it is not just obey the parents when you're married. And, and now the parents come in and they're like, I think you should do this. And all of a sudden they have a trump card over your spouse. That's not biblical, all right? And so obedience does get stepped down a notch. You do have to work with each other. You're taking their counsel in and you're considering it, but the two of you together have to make a decision. And so married couple, you do have to consider what that looks like to honor them as you listen, but obedience outright is not what you're called to do. That would then make you step on your spouse's toes, all right? So honor your father and mother. I wrote it this way, different ways you can honor. Uh, number one, not slamming them behind their back or to their face. My parents are so stupid. You wouldn't believe what they do. They just don't get it when they, right? Or I uh, heard this a couple times, uh, saddens me every time I hear it when a child is struggling, but um, I hate my parents. And, uh, be careful. Those words are deadly. They're putting your heart in a bad spot for reacting to your parents as God has placed them in your home and to honor your father and mother. Um, You don't know how weird my parents are, Tim. (laughs) Give it a good shot. Honoring your father and mother, hearing what they have to say, not slamming them, all right? A tone and words of respect. Tone and words. I'm telling you, your tone says everything about whether you're honoring them. Um, Can I please talk to you? What? Fine. Right? You've said something. And and tone is everything. Watch your tone and how you're talking with your parents. I'm 58 years old. Watch your tone and how you're walking to your parents, talking to your parents. All right? It's a big deal. And uh, tone and words. And then the last one, care for them emotionally, physically, and financially. Uh, This is a part of honoring. Care for them emotionally, physically, and financially. Listen, as parents are moving on in years, they have poured their lives into us, and it is our job to care well for them. And there's a working together where you're allowing them to have huge say in what's going on in their life, and yet you're caring and protecting for them, honoring them as you take care, all right? Honor your father and mother. He actually says, uh, this is the first commandment with a promise, Meaning, of the Ten Commandments that were given, this one had hooked with it a promise. What was that promise? Well, he puts it right in there. That it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. He talks about a quality and a quantity in the promise. That it may go well with you. I'm telling you, if you honor your parents, it'll go well with you. How could he promise such a thing? Why would God say that? Here's why. Because the parents put over you are God's leadership placed in your home. And if you're willing to obey God's leadership placed in your home, you're following after God himself. It will go well with you. That's what he's saying. There is a connection directly between God and the leadership directly over you. And watch God work as you obey the leadership he's placed there. So the first command is uh, that it may go well with you, or the first promise that it may go well with you, and the second that you may live long in the land. Um, where, you, where it does go well with you, you do have a great life. And, and he's saying to the Israelites when he made this promise, I'm telling you, I will work through your parents. Trust me now. He was putting together order 
and structure in that nation and in those families. And you follow them and I will lead them well. And you watch how well this goes for you. The first commandment with promise. Huge and important that we trust in our God and we trust in the leadership he's placed over us. Children, obey your parents. That's part of the plan, man. You can talk about parenting all you want, and if you don't get the obedience thing in there, it doesn't go real well, right? And all the parents say, that's what it's about. It's hard to, if we don't have obedience, it's going to be a tough walk. And so this is one piece of it. Don't worry, two-thirds of it is for the parents, all right? And uh, so, hey, there was an Indian tribe, and uh, there was an attack coming down on the Indian tribe, and The mom decided to try to save her little ones by getting out of there. It was nighttime. And so she grabbed them and she said, follow me. And they ran from the tents to the edge of the woods. When they got to the edge of the woods, she turned around and she said, listen to me. Where I walk, you walk. Where I go, you go right behind me. Not farther to the left or to the right. Right behind me. You stay with me and in my footsteps. Understood. Understood. Here we go. And in the middle of the night, walking through the woods, she took them miles away from where the attack was. They found a little cave, jumped into the cave, and they stayed there the rest of the night. When morning came, the little boy woke up, and he walked out to the edge of the cave, stretching. And he looked, and just beyond the path was a sheer plummet drop and a cliff out into nothingness. And he realized... When mom was saying, you do exactly what I do, you walk in my steps, she knew what he didn't know, and it protected her the whole way. Uh, Children, obey your parents. They have a view towards things you don't have. Trust them. God's leading through them. There's a sheer cliff just to the edge, and they know what it is. Follow them as they lead, and watch God work. All right? So... Children, simple question. How are you doing obeying? How are you doing following through with what mom and dad say to the whole of it when they ask with the right attitude? Make sure you put that all together so that God is honored with you and your parents. All right? And uh, for those of us who maybe are out of the house, you're a little bit older, uh, how are you doing at honoring your parents? In your attitude, and your tone of voice, and caring for them in their needs. Honor your parents. This is a huge part of God's structure for parenting. All right? So that's the first step. Second step. Parents, uh, protect, but do not provoke. Protect, but do not provoke. Uh, notice what it says here. Uh, fathers, uh, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in discipline and instruction of the Lord. It starts with fathers. And in fact, this word, if you look at the original language, it is in the male form. So fathers, it's plural male parent. Fathers. It could also be kind of a collective calling of the male and the female together. Parents. All right. Uh, Most likely it was to the fathers. Why do you say that, Tim? Well, because if you look at the culture of that time, it was uh, actually pretty stunning pretty scary. Uh, Fathers had a say in the home that was dictatorial to the max. Uh, They were allowed to decide if they wanted to get rid of someone. Uh, That's it. You bother me. You're out of the house forever. They were allowed to decide if they could kill someone. 
You bother me, you're dead. Uh, They were allowed to decide anything they wanted about slave, child, or wife, and it was their decision alone, and there would be no repercussion from the government because you're the father, all right? And uh, listen to this letter that was written in 1 BC by a man named uh, Hilarion to his wife, Elise. Heartiest greetings. Note that we are still even now in Alexandria. Do not worry if when all others return, I remain in Alexandria. I beg and beseech you to take care of the little child. She was pregnant. And so as soon as we receive wages, I will send them to you. If good luck to you, you have the child. If it is a boy, let it live. If it is a girl, expose it. 1 BC. Hey, we talk about today and abortion and and it is grievous and it is wrong. And in the eyes of God, he is knitting together a little one in the mother's womb. And that is a life before our almighty God. And we let him lead in life. And uh, they had a problem the same. Uh, It just wasn't called abortion. It was called expose them. And uh, so what would happen is when a child was born, the child was brought to the foot of the father and laid there. And if they turned their back or walked away, then it was time to take that child out and expose them to the elements and let them die or be taken. Uh, If they picked them up and named them, then that child became part of their home. That was the culture that was going on. That's what Paul's speaking into, all right? And uh, I see a lot of you shaking your heads, and I'm with you. That's why I thought I'd read this today. Make, Make sure we get the culture of it. Now listen to his challenge. Uh, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Are you hearing it? I'm not even going to address this whole concept of life doesn't matter. Are you kidding me? Of course it matters. And your job, fathers, is to love on these kids and bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Do not provoke them to anger. You watch how you parent. They're not possessions. They are loved little ones. And you're growing them up in the Lord. You're teaching them to worship their God. You be careful with that. And I love the challenge. Don't provoke them to anger. And uh, how do I do that? In fact, some of your translations say, don't exasperate them. Right? I almost like that word better because it puts the onus on the deliverer clearly. All right. And provoke, it means you're the one poking and prodding. Don't provoke them to anger. Uh, I just wrote this phrase. That means the source of anger is not their own pride, but rather your method. That's how you provoke them to anger. The source of anger for them is not their own pride. I don't want to admit I'm wrong. It's not that. It's the method that's being used. What kind of methods? Well, like too many words. Uh, They already know what's going on. They've had it clearly delineated to them. You're continuing to talk because, quite frankly, it's getting it off your chest, right? Just too many words as you continue to dump it on them. Or uh, too corrective. Not enough encouragement. Not enough encouragement. We have to be really careful with that, that we make sure we're lifting them up and showing them where they can head, not just where they have to not be, all right? Uh, Too corrective. Too harsh with the punishment. You just pushed Billy. You'll never see the light of day again, right? 
and, and we respond with these over the top. I can't believe it. I don't want you to do that. And so our punishment goes wildly aggressive. And uh, that brings anger because of the method. Or inconsistent. It wasn't wrong yesterday. Why is it wrong today? And they can't figure it out. They're not figuring out a principle in it. In fact, it kind of is attached to this last one. Uh, the rule becomes, don't make me mad. If you're parenting with that rule, you're going to have a lot of problems in your house. Because the child is actually now going to be trained not against principles that God has ordained, but instead to listen to your tone and watch your face. That's what's going to happen. And so they'll do things that are clearly wrong. And as soon as they hear you go, hey, hey, what are you doing? Nothing. I'm done. Right? That's the don't make me mad plan. Be careful. Don't parent from don't make me mad. Make sure that you're making clear what the policy is, what the principles are that you're calling them to, and then consistently calling them to that action all the time. That helps bring your method out of play and lets it be all about their heart before God. All right? So uh, don't exasperate them. Those are just some thoughts on ways to not exasperate. Uh, It says, bring them up. In the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bring them up. Like raise them. Hey, you're building little worshipers. Did you know that? Bring them up. That's your game plan. And uh, all too often, like honestly, you're like, really? Bring them up? Uh, Worshippers? I thought I was just trying to survive. Right? And so a lot of the times we're parenting as we walk in the room going, oh, how can I get out of this where they're not totally angry with me and I've got them even remotely close to being in line? Uh, that's not the bring them up plan, all right? That's the survival plan. I get it sometimes. That's where you need to sit down with your spouse and talk it through a little bit more. Maybe even do a little praying on what the next steps of the plan are. Be careful. Don't leave each other hanging out there, all right? Dads, don't leave your wives hanging doing all the discipline. Uh, just say that on the side. So uh, we're building little worshipers. We're building people who are supposed to learn and to love the Lord their God. That it makes sense what the policies and rules are because it's based and rooted in his character. Everything you teach should be explained through who is my God in this and why does that matter? Do not just give a boundary. Give a boundary connected to your God. Make sure they get that, all right? It's amazing the difference that they have as they can now process theologically, not just rules, all right? Um, So a lot of times we go in and we're not processing out of love or building a worshiper. We're building uh, out of something else. And uh, I just wrote these down. This actually comes from the book, Age of Opportunity, Five Wrong Reasons We Discipline. Uh, Let me tell you, we had them all covered in our house this week as we talked about it. I had three, John, I had two. I'm not telling you which ones, all right? So comfort, comfort. I want to be comfortable right now. I want peace and quiet and I want it easy. I'm trying to listen to the game. Please be quiet. And and so now they're playing in the other room and they're maybe a little bit louder as they play back and forth. It's cool. They're playing together. They love each other. A little bit of volume. It's cool. We're not against volume. Except when the game is on, right? And all of a sudden my comfort is all of a sudden what's the decider. And they never know. And I put them in unknown land. Be careful. Make sure your rules are not based on just make me comfortable, okay? Uh, number two, uh, respect. Uh, this is a hard one. This especially comes up when they mouth off, uh, when they say, no, or what? And, right? 
And you hear that, and this thing in you cringes, and your first statement is, that is so wrong, right? And then your next statement is, oh no, you didn't, right? And then you're starting to raise up out of respect. I'm going to teach you to respect. Hey, we don't do that. And all of a sudden we're yelling to get the thing fixed. You will find that when your anger is in play, one of these five things is in play. And uh, when it's not, you're able to walk it through a little bit more lovingly and gently. And uh, be careful if you're trying to teach the the respect me thing. It's going to start by you respecting them a little bit too. All right. Uh, Appreciation. Do you know how much I did for you today? Right. And so I don't care what's going on right now. I don't want to have to lean in. You wouldn't believe how many sandwiches I had to make for lunch. Right. You wouldn't believe what I had to do to get you to your soccer game and appreciation. Success. I need you to be good so that I feel good about me. The living vicariously through my kid. And uh, watch out, parents. Uh, All too often we can want the best for them. uh, And yet what we really want is for me to look good in the midst of it. Uh, Success. Be careful. And then the last one is control. It's really based on fear. Uh, I'm afraid of what people will think or I'm afraid of them getting hurt in some way. And so I control it down. I lock it down. It's managing the fear. It's not about what's right and wrong. It's about, I don't want you to get hurt. I don't want them to think this and control. And any one of those, can you feel it? Like as you say the word, you can feel it grip you. And there's this thing in you that's twisting and it makes you get harsh fast on a problem. Parents, if you want to bring a soft word to the problem and teach them to be worshipers, you're going to have to figure out which of these five you're going after or two or three. Join me in that. Uh, I've got three that I tend to when I'm faltering. And uh, know them. Know your weak spots. And be able to speak to that. To hold a soft tone in the midst of that. And work hard on it. All right? You're building a worshiper. Uh, This comes from Shepherding a Child's Heart and Age of Opportunity. For those who want to read books, more uh, go further on it. Uh, Both of those from the Tripp Brothers, T-R-I-P-P. And uh, great books on teaching to heart. All right? Uh, What do I do... If I haven't been doing that and my kids are like now 16 and it's a train wreck in the home and do I just wipe it out, call it done and try to have another kid? Like, what do I do? And uh, don't do that. Don't do that. And so here's what I'd recommend doing. And uh, we talked about this a lot this week. I would really do this. Seriously. I'm not kidding now. All parents looking. If it's struggle time, this is what you do. You sit down and you say, listen, we've made some mistakes hearing the apology like i was wrong and we went a wrong direction in parenting here's where we went and it didn't do you well it didn't teach to who god was it didn't teach to what was right and wrong because of him it just simply said don't make me whatever and uh and that was wrong and it's gotten you in a spot where you feel completely frustrated i've exasperated you and i apologize for that please forgive me all right? And, and I want to let you know, we're taking a fork in the road today. It's going to be different. And here's how it's going to be different. And so get ready. It will be different. And tomorrow when it comes down, you're going to want to say, hypocrite. And I'm going to say, yep, but God's parenting hypocrite. Come join me. We're going the right way now. This is the way it's going. And we're going to head a new direction. God's got a hold of me. And we're recentering. 
This is what it's going to look like, all right? Parents, you're going to have to go after the humble, honest confession and redirect and then see what God does out of it. And uh, Well, my kid's disobeying and I'm doing it right. And uh, keep praying, keep being faithful, watch God work, all right? Keep praying, keep being faithful in it, and watch God work. Don't give up the ship. God's got a great plan in this, okay? Uh, So I just wanted to tell you one more thing. Uh, We do what we call a release plan in our parenting. I've said this before. I want you to hear this. Uh, It is important that our kids, when they're going off to college at age 18, uh, wow, like that can be a young age at age 18. And so we have what we call a release plan in our home, okay? And uh, what that means is we are moving them ever towards being able to be on their own at 18. We started somewhere around age 9 or 10, okay? And uh, I've heard some people starting it as early as 8. I'd be really careful, okay? So 9, 10, maybe 11. And it is starting to release them into opportunities and privileges around the house. I will say this. I put two words together for a release plan. Uh, Privilege and responsibility. Uh, All too often, we allow our kids to grow up and only gain responsibility. Uh, That is not real, That's not what God does with us. Responsibility and privilege, all right? It could look like this at age 10. You're 10 years old and your brothers and sisters are four to five years younger than you. As we go to put them to bed, you get to stay up an extra 15 minutes or an extra half hour or whatever it might be. And and we're going to allow you to do, now not TV and not that kind of thing that wires you up, but you could be doing some reading. You could be doing some whatever you want in your room, calmly and and awake on your own. We're not going to make lights out for you the same age as your younger siblings. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to trust you to be able to do this with us. If it doesn't work, we're pulling back. Okay? That is something, parents, you are allowed to take away at any moment. If it's not going well, you pull back on what you're entrusting to them. But there's privilege and there's responsibility and you shape it on the way up. What a great opportunity for your kid to learn how to do things around the home, to learn how to manage themselves, to be able to learn how to do things. Even uh, we have in our home, there's, there's the, the chores around the house, the dusting, the cleaning, that kind of thing. There's the doing of the laundry. By the time they go away to college, knowing how to do that. First time I did laundry, second week at Wheaton College. Should have been the first week, but didn't want to because I didn't know how. (laughs) Know what I'm saying? I'm like, all right, I'm figuring it out. And my mom, she meant very well. She did a great job caring for me along the way. And and she actually showed me how to do the laundry right before she left so that I'd have it down. And it worked okay. And we got better at it over time. You know what I'm saying? And uh, just learn how to do those things and work together. Release them by age 18 to be able to have that under control. Our girls are already doing their laundry. And, uh, that's just where they're at. I'm not saying that's where everybody should be at and, and whatever. That's just be careful. Walk it through step by step and release out. All right. Um, when my daughter got her uh, license and every parent who's had their kids start driving, you know, this thought you're like, um, I will give you the keys when you're 30, <laughs> right? I can't do this, but it, it's very appropriate if they have gone through the testing and passed, if they have been with you, you've seen them be responsible in managing it, you entrust the keys. There is privilege and responsibility. And if things go wrong, you might need to pull back a little on the privilege. You might need to pull back on the availability of the vehicle or the nighttime drive or whatever. And you have to work that out. All right. And uh, I will tell you this, we do pull back. And there's on one thing, I won't go into any details with who or what, but we did pull back on a privilege. 
And uh, there was some wide berth given there. And we ended up saying, you need to learn a little more how that looks. We pulled it back in and we started showing her how we would do it and had her go under that for a while. And then she got it and we released her back out to doing it and you can release again. Parents, please release your kids well by age 18. If the plan is massive control until they're gone, it is a train wreck in college. Train wreck. Shape your kids to be released by age 18. That's bringing them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, all right? Making sure they get it as they go. Age of Opportunity, that book I mentioned, that's kind of for ages 10 and up. So a great book if you've got that late grammar school, junior high, high school. Okay. Theology, plan, all of it important. I'm telling you, it looks like this. Um, Megan was six years old, and uh, it was Easter Sunday, and she was having a moment. And uh, Megan was really pretty good with tone and temper. She was always just kind of a happy, smiling child. And uh, Easter Sunday, for whatever reason, was one of those like, no. And I'm going to be a, a mouth like you wouldn't believe. And really some snapping back all over the place. And we went through four or five times of, hey, what's going on? Just relax. And I need you to apologize. And we walked through all that. And wasn't getting anywhere. Get the fifth or sixth snap. And I'm like, that's it. To the room, baby. Just go to your room. I'll be up in a few minutes. And she goes up and I look at Jana and I'm like, what do I do? We've already been through everything we have. I got nothing else, man. And right. And, uh, and so, you know, um, I'm just going to say these words, this word. And, uh, so spanking in our house, we didn't do a lot of it. Our kids were very obedient in that. Please be careful with it. It can be gravely misused. Uh, at the same time, it can be wisely used. So just be careful with that. Uh, spanking a 30 year old, not cool. Everybody good with that? All right. Okay. So spanking. So, uh, I decided I'm going to go get a paddle. We had never done that. So I brought a paddle up and, uh, I said, Megan, as I'm flipping the paddle, it was awesome. (laughs) Megan, what did you do that was wrong? And she walked it through and explained it to me kind of like, well, I did this, you know, and I'm like, all right. And, uh, honey, we're going to need to spank for that. You understand with that, with this baby, we're going to spank with a paddle. She's like, you're kidding me. And I said, no, absolutely needs to be done. And, uh, now listen to me. Today is Easter Sunday. And I'm sad that this came down on Easter Sunday. So I want you to understand something. On Easter, Jesus Christ said, I'm dying for your sins. I'm paying the penalty that you owe. And I've got it covered for you. And so, honey, and I handed her the paddle. And I said, you're spanking me. As hard as it's deserved. And I turned around and grabbed the bed. <laughs> And she started crying, tears coming down, and she gives this little tap. I said, nope, that's not it, babe. Bigger and a little bit harder. I said, baby, that's not it. We're talking full-out paddle. And so she, she goes, whack! And, and then dropped the paddle, and tears started streaming down her eyes. And she jumped in my arms and said, I'm so sorry, Daddy. I'm sorry, and held on close with all she had. Listen to me sacrifice says, I love you. And that's who our savior is. And and look for those moments, those priceless moments where you can teach theology in the midst of teaching your kid 
what it is to be respectful and obedient, all right? I don't know where you're at, and we can talk creatively, call the staff, any of us, we're willing to talk it through. There is always a character of God you can be making clear in the midst of calling them to obedience. You want your child to love the Lord their God with all their heart and soul and mind, not just do what you said. And all of God's people said, parents, protect, do not provoke, all right? So simple question, how are you doing in your wrong motives? What needs to be worked on? How are you doing in teaching God's character in the midst of your disobedience? Make sure God's character is known and understood in the middle of it, all right? It's an amazing opportunity to see them grow with him. So children obey, parents protect, do not provoke. And then the last one, this is over in Proverbs 22, verse 6. This is a verse that often gets misused, so I wanted to go through it here and make sure we got a little bit of it. Proverbs 22, verse 6. Give you a chance to get there. All right. Uh, Parents, inspire, do not coerce. Inspire, do not coerce. All right. Comes from verse 6 here. He says, train up a child in the way he should go. Like, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. It's the same kind of thought, right? Train them up in the way they should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Okay, train them up in the way they should go. Uh, Let me just deal with the way they should go first, all right? We hear this word, this phrase, and in fact, we hear the word should. And the first thing we think is the boundaries, The rules on the outside, the edges of the road, and tell them where the edges are. Train them up in the way they should go. Not there. Not there. No. No. Right? We get like that. That's what we think training them up with the way they should go is. In fact, uh, I just copied this out. There was actually a uh, survey done, and they monitored parents over a course of a week. Uh, They found this result. They used criticism 10 times more than they used encouragement in order to train. 10 times more. Be careful. That's devastating in the home. It's not always no. It's also teaching once they're off the edges, what's it look like to live in the middle? How do I live for my God and what does that look like? In fact, I just wrote this down. Train them up in the way they should go. That word way in the Hebrew, uh, it's a word that was used in Proverbs 30 verses 18 and 19. Just listen to this. Three things are too wonderful for me. Four, I do not understand. The way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a serpent on a rock, the way of a ship on the high seas, and the way of a man with a woman. The way. It talks about God's special design and their expression outward as worship. Designed for this, the way. All right? And so train them up in the way they should go is so much more than rights and wrongs. It's also how can you help them express their unique design that God has made them for? And maybe they need to go after music and maybe they need to go after the arts and maybe they need to be going after sports and whatever it is, help them to be a unique expression of God Almighty, being able to say, I worship you in this special way. Train them up in the way they should go. So much encouragement in there, talking through things that they love and passions that they have and desires they might want to head down and giving them opportunities to experience that and not just force them 
to go where you want them to go because it makes you feel popular or good. Be careful. Train them up in the way they should go. Uh, It's more than just wise, foolish. It's more than moral, immoral. It's this unique expression of who they are. Train them up in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. Uh, Remember, Proverbs are teachings from man to man, saying this is typically how it works out. This is not God saying, do this and I guarantee, but this is God allowing it to be recorded. This is often how the heart of a man works. If you can find your passion for the almighty God, and if you can use your skills of shaping him without destroying him, you can have someone who has a love for the Lord that continues for a lifetime. All right. It's a, usually it's a should kind of statement. Uh, It's not a guarantee, but it is. I mean, there's still a little heart there and they are making decisions and uh, we can't always just put it in the blame of the parents. There's child, there's a child making a choice and um, okay, enough said on that. It says that train them up in the way they should go. I don't know how to train them. I, I don't know how to do that, Tim. What do I do? All right, here's a verse you can write down. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7. I love this passage. It's, uh, it's called the Shema in the Hebrew. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. In the Hebrew, in the Hebrew. Shema Yisrael Adonai Elohim, Adonai Ahud. Right? It's like, hear, O Israel. It's called the Shema because of the first word of it. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Oh, those words sound familiar. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Get ready. How do I train them? Here we go. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. Teach, talk, and display or bind. Like make them clear. So teach, like before we've gotten into the situation, here's what we're looking for. Teach, all right? It's a lot like what we're doing here. There's an opportunity for you to sit down and talk with your children and say, here's the plan and here's what it looks like in our home and here's what it's going to look like as you get car keys and here's what it looks like as you go into seventh grade and here's what it looks like. Teach and then talk. We're in it now. How are we doing? How am I doing as a parent? How are you doing as the child? What are you learning in this? What can we see about our God in this? Because that's what this passage is really all about, is teach and talk of your God and his plan for you in the midst. Make sure you have theological talks, not just social talks. Don't just teach them to get along with siblings or teach them to get along with friends or teach them to do well in school structurally. Teach them who their God is in the midst and how they can respond. All right? Teach and then talk in the midst and then display it. It says bind it on. So these these uh, live strong bracelets and stuff, man, that's biblical. Like get it on the wrist, right? And teach them something and put it up on the refrigerator. 10 things we're going through for our in our family right now or or whatever it might be. Get one of those little bracelets made. They don't even cost that much and whatever you think it is you need to be making clear, display it well. All right, and have them understanding this is what we're going after. The purpose statement of your family, the follow-throughs of what it's going to look like. You want to train them? Well, he's giving you the model. Teach. That's beforehand. Talk while you're in the midst of and display it so that it's always on their mind. 
That's how you train them up. All right? And uh, give it a shot. And uh, my child's a little bit older. Then they'll probably learn that much faster. They'll get it. There might be a heart of rebellion in it. Be patient in the midst of that and praying for it. And let's watch God do a mighty work. Because you're stepping in and saying, my God Almighty deserves to be worshipped. And this home will be on fire for Jesus Christ. And I may have given something up before, and that is done. This home is going to worship the king. This home is going to be on our knees for him. We're going to learn of him. We're going to walk with him. We're going to talk of him. We're going to teach of him. We're going to see how things are tied directly to him all the time. And we are going to be on fire for Jesus Christ, a family of God. It starts with you, dads. Hear me on this now. Every dad in the room, we're going back to two weeks ago and last week. It starts with you. Do not make your wife stand up and have to bring the heat. Do not do that. Dads, this is your gig. It's time to pull everybody together, husband and wife together, pulling them together. I'm good with that. But you need to lead the charge on saying, here's where we're going. And, uh, well, this isn't where we've been before. You're right. And I apologize for that. That's a very fair statement as a leader. Here's where we're headed now. It's what's biblical. Give them Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7, and watch your family light up as God is taught, as God is talked of, and as along the whole way you're displaying exactly where you're headed, making it clear. Train them up in the way they should go, and you will be stunned with the worship that starts happening in your home. My prayer for you as parents, ready? Courage. It's one thing to have the recipe. Now it's time for the heart. Lord, I'm ready to get on my knees and bow before you and worship you first, me, and then bring it to my family, that you might be worshiped in our home, that all of our family could get who you are. And all of God's people said, parenting of God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just wrestle with what it looks like to honor you in our homes. And Lord, I know each and every person here is struggling with what this could look like in their home. Father, I pray that you give them an understanding of what steps to take, whether it be more teaching or more talking in the midst of or more displaying and making clear, maybe just personally for them more worship. Lord, help each parent here grab on to what you're teaching them today and bring you into their home. Just take a moment right now. Talk to your God and let him know what you're thinking. Your daddy, your father, who parents you. Talk to him and let him know where you're at. let go of. Lord, please forgive me. And now breathing in deep. Thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your example. Thank you for your model that you are redeemer 
restore King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Almighty God, Heavenly Father. Worship Him. starts with that worship. Lord, we know, Lord, we are humbled at how many times we need to stop and correct direction. Please forgive us for losing sight. Lord, please forgive me for losing my way. And Father, we long to be with you. I long to know you as my heavenly Father and live that out in my home. Lord, we bow now our hearts before you. We lift our hands to worship you. May you be celebrated in our homes. And all of God's people said,